welcome back to Range Anxiety. Your 30 years of 30 minutes of 30 years of 30 seconds of automotive experience. I really messed that up. I'm half asleep today. Oh, it's been a busy week. You know, people getting out of out of lockdown and just going nuts with their cars, which is fair enough. I mean, we're all here to have fun with our cars, but I think lockdown's been mentally tough on a lot of people. Uh, for example, I had an inquiry this week about doing a big single, a big single conversion, you know, a big single turbo conversion on a Nissan Navara a D23 uh, diesel. Um, yeah, nah, it's not a GDR bud. And when I was offered the rare opportunity of performing such conversion, I politely declined because that's what more than 30 seconds and more than 30 minutes, that's what 30 years of uh, automotive tuning experience gives you the ability to know when something's going to be shit from the very outset and possibly never work at all, ever. Now, you notice I, I didn't mention our, our lead-in track today. That's probably what got me a little bit wrong-footed uh, because it's a CD, yes, the sound quality shit, Welcome back to the Nissan Leaf sitting up here at Ashton. And, and it's a CD that I found in the stacker that was left over from Japan by the seams of it. Because that was the, the only English on it. So we'll call it Unknown Nihon Artist. Thank you very much for that rather average crappy sounding lead in. Yeah, I, I fear this may be the last epicast that we performed from the Nissan Leaf, the ZE zero uh, 80 kilowatts of pure muscle edition uh, because it's time to start swinging some spanners on this one ripping it apart and actually doing with it what we set out to do in the first place which is uh, polish a turd or give people that own these actually not too bad little cars uh, give them the ability to keep driving them once they're past about seven years old and the batteries collapsed and they don't work anymore so yeah we're actually trying to keep these leafs in, in service. Um, thoughts? Well, I'm a bit devastated after pointing it up the hill. Uh, those of you that may know, I live at the base of the hills, and Ashton is about 10 kilometres, 8 miles, 6 miles, or what, 6 miles up the hill. Um, and in that 6 miles, not only did I proceed up here very slowly uh, in eco mode, I also used 20... No... 15% of battery and get my indicated range down from the bottom of the hill. It was 127 kilometres. Now it's saying 78, too empty. Mm. So, but the battery's still at 58%. I think it does this dynamic calculation and says, ooh, you're driving me a little bit too hard. I'm just going to whack the range through the floor. So hopefully I can recover a little bit of uh, range going down the hill. Otherwise, I'm going to be in a big world of shit, not having a 15-amp power point uh, to charge this thing with at home. I've only got the 10 amps. I might have to perform a bit of... Uh, I'll get my friend Streco, the world's richest electrician, around to perform a bit of uh, fancy wiring at my house uh, so I can get to work on Monday. Or even better, I'll just drive around the corner to Streco's house and uh, have him charge me $16 per kilowatt hour to uh, charge the car. So I know he has a 15-amp point. Mm, Streco's EV charging services. Yep. Yeah. 
you might as well just drop your Tesla off there and leave it. She won't be able to afford uh, the bill. That's why we call him Pelican Big Bill. I know you're listening to this, Julian, and I know you're probably pissing yourself laughing. Please try and keep your hands on the wheel and look straight ahead on your drive to work and don't laugh yourself off the road and into the curb. Yes, okay. Uh, actually, both boys are going to be back at it. Uh, Adelaide rallies are back on. Listen to that. That's a Land Cruiser going past. Hear that? Not only it's an old one, one of those, you know, 80 series things that, you know, unbreakable, even though I remember when they came out and they were brand new. Yeah, I'm that old. People used to break them all the time by putting things like uh, tow bars on the back of them and like, you know, bending the bodies in half and shit like that. But as they've got older, uh, they've become unbreakable, you know, unbustable. Yeah, pity, hey. Pity, the, pity there's still that many of them left on the road and people speaking of polishing turds. Yeah, and they've got poo shovels on the roof. I'm getting a bit fragmented today, but Captain Poo Shovel uh, told me off on the internet and he said, thank you for giving me a mention. Came into work and uh, booked in uh, a VE, Holden Commodore VE Turbo with some good, good shit done to it. Seems like a pretty reasonable little... Um, package he's buttoning up there, but he booked it in, and, and he said to me, uh, I was the guy, I hope you didn't take offence, I was a guy, guy that had a bit of a go at you at Facebook, and, and, and he, was, he was nervous, he was like, worried he'd upset me, I love it when people like have a bit of a dig, that's what we're here for, that's what range anxiety is about, without the digs there would be no range anxiety, isn't that right, Strecko and Newton. Um, yeah, so please feel free to dig. And he was quite humble about it. I said, no, man, go your hardest. I love that shit. I've been around people like hanging it on me my whole entire life. And I think it's when you stop handing out a bit of curry like that, that things get all too boring and like, who gives a shit? So thank you for doing that. Now, in all this excitement, I've kind of lost where I was. Um, we do, uh, we have had the leaf on the dyno. Uh, some of you may have seen that. Uh, we, we needed to know exactly sort of what it was, what 80 kilowatts at at the fly, not that it really has a fly, but at the fly, uh, shaft-rated power, what that turns into at the wheels. And uh, typical form, most EVs lose very little because they have very um, efficient drivetrains. And it made 68 or 69 kilowatts out of a rated 80 with a bit of age on board, so you can see how efficient the driveline is, even through the horrible little tyres that are on it. Maybe that helped it. But, yeah, if, if uh, to give you an example, if, if a uh, LS3 Commodore 345 was that efficient, it'd be making 300 at the wheel standard, or 305, or 8, or 10, or something like that. And they don't. So, yeah, there's another um, there, there's, there's another good uh, um, example of electric um, superiority in some ways. But... When you look at that sufficiency compared to, say, a Tesla uh, Model 3 SR Plus, interestingly enough, that's rated at 211 kilowatts and makes 180 at the wheels. Uh, the Nissan's rated at 80 and makes 69 at the wheels. Uh, yeah, they're about as efficient as each other. There you go. So uh, the, the, well, not quite, the Tesla... Um, the Tesla makes, has a greater energy, oh, anyway, whatever. The Tesla simply works better, and now I've got the RAA pulling up alongside me. Now, the RAA are actually a body here, the Royal Automobile Association, they're a road service body, and he's pulling up alongside me here because he thinks the Leaf needs some help. It kind of does, actually, because um, my wife, Lisa, who's been on the show before, 
Uh, I took her out in it. Uh, she said, don't bring it home anymore. Uh, don't do any more testing on it. It um, is probably the ugliest car I've ever seen. And she refers to it as uh, the butthole. <laughs> It's not a good-looking car. The early leaf isn't a good-looking car. Thankfully, the ZE1, uh, they, or ZE1, they actually tied it up a bit and made it look a bit more like a car. But it, all of that does beg the question, um, why do manufacturers make EVs to be such butt-ugly things? Why can't they make them look like a normal car? Now, while I'm not a huge fan of a VAG, um, Volkswagen, Audi Group, uh, electric technology, because they go around squawking about how the best, they're the best, and they're, they're actually quite average. They're about, I'll put them in about fourth place for what they can do with what they have. Um, they make the most normal looking EVs, I think. Uh, don't worry about the ID3 and ID4, they just, yeah, they look, then yuck. Um, and the Porsche Taycan, uh, bulbous sort of overweight weird looking front end thing um sort of like an electrified panamera but uglier um you know uh, these people are the same people that can draw it like uh, the 911 or the current gen cars uh, and they come out with this not every ev has to look like a stupid spaceship or a squashed frog or daffy duck or you know whatever <laughs> i've got to be careful what i say here because we don't want to uh be put in the list of adult content. Why do they have to be so ugly? I think Audi have got it right uh, with the e-tron GT. Sure, it's, you know, they're all sort of stapled on the same underpinnings, but it sort of looks like a car. Um, you know, Tesla kind of get it right. The Model S, people are saying, oh, it looks old now, you know, but, you know, it is quite a different beast to the original one. And I wonder if people ran around and said that about the 911. Oh, it looks old now. And they've had the same shape for like 50 years or hues of the same shape. I mean, you get a um, a Model S Plaid and sit it next to the original Model S, they're pretty much nothing alike in a lot of ways. But people go, oh, but it, yeah, but it's a Tesla. I can tell it's a Tesla. Well, yeah, that's probably what they want you to do. Like, oh, I can tell that's a Porsche 911. That's shit. I don't want to know about that anymore. Duh. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's a, it's a pretty hard thing that I, I, I did the, the vag there too and said that their, their electric technology is so well behind, but it is. They've got a long way to go. They've got to use a two-speed gearbox to keep up with one-speed things. That's how sort of, um, backwards they've got it. But that wasn't really the whole, uh, crux of today's Epicast. No, 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 no. We were actually going to talk. We're 11 minutes in and all I've done, we're coming up nearly halfway and all I've done is talk about Nissan Leafs and butt ugly cars. Strange because you'll put the two in the same sentence, right? We were actually going to talk. We were actually going to do Japan part two today because sitting in a JDM, um, ashtray, even this butt ugly electric one, uh, brings back so many cool memories of being in Japan. Because what happens, you can't understand half of the controls in, in a lot of imports, um, half of the buttons, unless you can, you know, read uh, the lingo, which I don't, I can speak a tiny bit of it, but only enough to order a beer or get on a train. <laughs> Nothing that's, a, only real world use application stuff. Biro oshitotsu onegaishimasu. Yeah, so, um, we're going to talk about Japan. These cars are full of hidden little secrets, like heated steering wheels. I mean, this Leaf doesn't have cruise control, which is a very Japanese thing. I don't know why, but they've got some driver must be involved. Very much, you know, uh, and not 
have automated ADAS sort of systems, which is weird, but it does have a heated steering wheel. It doesn't have auto lights, but it's got like crazy, you know, it's got GDR heated seats in it. They're actually the same buttons I use in a GDR. I told you it's a mini GDR, everyone. You know, Nissan and their parts bin. Oh, you gotta love them. <laughs> Works well in this instance. And it draws little pine trees on the dash when you're driving it. Good, but it's got like, like really backwards shit in it like it it still needs it's not keyless in somewhat it is keyless but it's not so yeah jdm cars are just full of full of treats and having spent a lot of time there over the years you know, i got to love them so we were going to cover off the wonderful world of um japan part two we're probably not going to get too far into it today but there's a few stories that uh, have got to be told um the second sort of generation of Japanese touring we did was to uh, Fukuoka, which is, is sort of down south, and you catch a Shinkansen, a bullet train. I reckon, where did we land? I reckon we landed in Osaka International and uh, caught the Shinkansen. It's a lot of this. Is, it's a long time ago now. It's well over a decade. <sighs> 13, 14 years when we're doing hard, hard tune imports videos, and we catch a Shinkansen down to... Um, uh, Fukuoka, and there we would meet an expat Aussie, um, super hawking, some of you may remember him on our videos, this guy was like, a lot of expat Aussies that go and live in um, Japan went over there as English teachers, and just saw this whole big car market thing on the side, and a lot of them, uh, to put it mildly, can be a little on the eccentric side, and yeah, well, hawking was one of those, Mark, um, Great guy, great fun guy, but he would just be, uh, in summer, because well, Fukuoka was, was reasonably warm, uh, he would just be belting around on a razor, a little scooter, a razor, flat out, in and out of traffic, people, across auction yards, with his speed, he's a thick dude, and he'd have a sweat rag hanging out the back, of it, and he'd be going a million miles an hour, just like I'm speaking now, that's how hockey, he'd be going the whole time, and uh, everything he did with you or for you was payable in currency of uh, more razors, more scooters. He must have had a collection. Like, yeah, Muddy, uh, I think I'll have another. Look, if you could see your way to get me a razor for that. <laughs> he was a strange guy, a funny guy, and still around now. I'm back in Adelaide, I think. So I hope you're listening to this super hocking. I know you're somehow related to, to Julian Newton. It's a small world we live in down here, isn't it? But we had some really ripper times in Japan uh, with Ted's at Prime Garage and all of the people that Mark sort of knew that he introed us to, we actually had a bloody fun time. So, you know, rather than working like some sort of animal in a, a wrecking yard alongside all sorts of other uh, people from other third world countries other than Australia, <laughs> or third world countries, um, but we were there mainly as buyers at auctions and just, uh, you know, I bought some cars with Mark. I bought some cars from Mark. I think Mark actually, oh, listen to that rain. Oh, it's beating down now, everyone. You can actually hear it on the roof. That's a good shower, boys and girls. Um, yeah, I got my first, I hope it doesn't interfere with the audio too much. I got my first, I got my first Bentley Turbo R, which was a very cool car and in very good condition from Hocking. He actually found it for me over there, and I also, I reckon I brought in the very first Evo 7 into Australia that Mark had bought 
brand new, I reckon. I reckon he bought it brand new and held it as a personal import, had it over there for 12 months. And when it was 12 months, not one day old, he uh, arranged to bring it in, sell it to my business partner now, John Munro. So yeah, Adelaide is a small place and that was a beautiful car. It was brand new and I drove it before you did Johnny Munro because I drove it on the wharves over there and I reckon we did a road review for the Hard Tune Import Series. But yes, it was so much nicer going to Japan and going to the auctions as a civilised human being rather than uh, filling bags, Hessian bags full of boost controllers and blow-off valves for $100, which was, you know, which was all right if you're selling them back here and getting like 15 grand per Hessian bag. <laughs> Work that out, yes. It was a good good time, those industries. They reckon uh, dino tuners make money people picking up scrap and chucking it in a container were capable of making much, much more. In fact, I know one of the guys uh, that we did do some work with over there back in the first two days, I think he was from some part of Congo or Nigeria, and he would call himself Frank, a brain surgeon from Chicago. Well, that's what he would tell the girls at the Japanese bars when we went out at night. Yes, I kid you not. There were some stra- There are some strange people still in Japan. I, I do believe lovely people indeed. But yeah, so we're going to get stuck into a bit more of Japan and some of the funny stories. There are lots and lots and lots of funny stories that if you have watched the hard-tuned imports videos, there was a lot that went on behind the scenes that wasn't quite um, evident, you know, to the viewers. Uh, there were lots of great times. There were lots of shitty times too. Um, you know, uh, we met Wayne Gardner over there, famous Aussie, the Wollongong Wiz, the, the famous world champion motorcycle racer. We saw him over there when he was driving uh, for, uh, I reckon it was Tom's Toyota Motorsport at the time. But yeah, we did a segment with him and I had a good talk to him uh, off camera about Japan and what went on over there. And there are some funny stories that we're going to come back with on that. So, as I do, okay, coming towards the end, in every epic cast, we're going to have a little talk about what's new in the plaid world. Um, I noticed some of you may, if you follow the plaid and the adventures of this new crazy, hyper, super duper... Um, slot car on YouTube, you'll notice that Brooks tried to have uh, the plaid dyno by his mate at HP Logic or whatever it was on the old Mustang dyno, the one that, you know, the one with all the rollers at the front because they didn't make it slide backwards and forwards properly, the Durfuses. Um And they couldn't get a number out of it and it's porpoising around. And it's not reading power and I don't know why. And in dyno mode it wouldn't read, They, you know, it wouldn't work properly. And it would only read five for four, five hundred horsepower. And they're all scratching their heads saying there's got to be more to this story. We're going to reach out to Tesla. You know, we're going to reach out. And I love that word. We're going to reach out and see if, you know, we, we can get some data on how to make this thing work. Um, let me tell you guys what didn't work. Do you want a free tip? from the one and only Mr. Range Anxiety. i tell you why it didn't work. It didn't work because you don't have driven front rollers. Aha, uh-huh. that's what you need. A lot of cars need that now. If the car can sense any kind of speed differential, it doesn't matter if you're in dyno mode or not, speed differential between the front and the rear wheels, it will limit power and limit torque, which it did very effectively to keep the front and rear in, in check and give the overall lower result. Even a lot of two-wheel drive cars will do this. A lot of two-wheel drive cars will not work properly unless the front wheels are being driven 
at the same time. So they think they're on a road, not being thrashed by some numpty on a dyno. So Brooks, find yourself a driven roller setup and get that plaid back on the dyno and uh, let's get some numbers out of it. I'm tipping it should make about 950 wheel horsepower. You know, I'd like I'd like to see I'd like to see near on 800 kilowatts at all four wheels. You'd kind of you kind of need that kind of number um, to generate traps in the low 150s and you know rip the seat out and do 9.0s, which I think is, well, I've already covered. When's someone going to step up and do a bloody eight? Do not leave it to me because my golly gosh, my golly goodness, I'm going to give it a go once I've got tens into the little uh, baby Model 3 performance. You know, there, there's something really cool about being able to drive, you know, around in a, a street legal car and go, yeah, man, it's a tens car. It's a tens car. You know, it'll be up there with all of these um, chronic self flagellators uh, that love Dodge Demons so much, and I do love Dodge Demons, and I watched the promo video the other day, the old promo video from 17 or 16 or whenever it was, and, it, you know, you got to get these drag radials from the factory, and you got to get them hot, 200 degrees till they're dripping rubber, and then it's got, it's got little skinny front runners on it, and he, yeah, we got down for 9.6 at 140, all of this, after running a 1360, my goodness, imagine the prep they had on that track. All of that means is your average Drongo is going to get in it and it's going to be like a 10 3 to 10 8 car because they haven't got the prep and the tyres dripping rubber. Yeah, what a load of horseshit. I mean, love the car. Love the fact that Americans are that crazy and out there they can build this kind of shit and people lap it up. Fantastic. You know, you got a drag car for the road, man. And you've got a red key and a blue key, and you're getting the red key. That's drag strip mold, man. And that's just super awesome shit. But what a one-trick pony. It had like 155s or 165s. That's what it looked like. Big bulbous bloody retro thing. You know I don't like retro cars. But imagine if you tried to tip the thing. Imagine if you actually just tried to drive around any corner. Imagine if you drove like... Drove it and you were driving it like out with a you know coffee and cruise or that infernal shit that bored people with overpriced cars do. Um, and it started to rain, you're as good as dead on drag road or swift runners, yeah. And I suppose that's why they didn't uh make a habit of trying to make these things legal in Australia. You get your Dutch demon dripping rubber, sounds like it's dripping bullshit to me, boy, but yeah, nah cool car uh, and and uh yeah but not a road car but on the other hand an m3p uh in the tans that's a road car you drive it to work you drive it from work you don't run special tires on it you just run lightweight rims but you can you know run every day you run a couple of little motor controller tricks to generate another you know 50 60 kilowatts into it and you try and hold it in harder at the top end and anyway i'm not giving away all my secrets but i'd still like to trap uh, 120 to 121 at 10999. It should be possible with a one. Uh, oh, what are we going to get it to? It's going to need to. It's going to need. It's going to need to run a 157 or 158 60 foot. Dems plaid numbers. Dems plaid 
numbers. And yeah, I, that might all prove to be a bit too hard, but we'll see how close we get. I'm not sure what the world record would for an M3P is, but I don't think anyone's run a 10 second pass yet. Oh, and yeah, and by the way, speaking of mental conditions that occur during lockdown, I'm just about to get back my office, press the button and order a yoke for it. Like, uh, give it a downgrade so I can get used to driving a yoke before I get my plaid. Would you believe there's actually numpties out there doing that? Uh, window lickers? Yep. Yeah. And looks like I'm one of them. Thanks for listening to Range Anxiety.